Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Kill, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up wanna do our show and keep the brain running with the premise of talk sports on a national level? Both with the topic, sort of like the rubber. Game talent like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't Kuwait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, though? What's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm the boy, Dev McMillan. I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my bros. We got Jimmy the Blueprint in the building and B. Austin, the HBC. We're counting them down. We're counting them up. We're in week number 18 of no sports due to the global, uh, I mean, the U.S. pandemic. COVID-19, that's what it might as well be at this point. Uh, sports are still supposedly on their way back, but I'm personally of the opinion that they're not really necessary right now. But, you know, like Jimmy and I talk about all the time, like, look, man, if people want to risk their lives for our entertainment, then be our guest. We'd be safe on the couch watching y'all do what y'all do. But um, nevertheless, some big things happened in the world of sports this week. So keep it locked right here with us. We're going to talk about all of it. If you want to get in on the conversation, sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you can join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls like we always do in the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline at numbers 323-410-0012. Y'all know what it is, man. Before we get started, just make sure when we're not live on the air, man, you can go to our website, warroomsports.com. And check out every single thing we do. Y'all don't have to wait seven days to see what's up with your homies in the war room, man. Just go there and you can see everything we're doing from podcasts to videos to uh, <clears throat> all of our partner podcasts on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. So make sure y'all do that, man. Shout out to everybody on the War Room Sports Podcast Network, Tissue and the Tape, uh, Hip Hop Show, John Appetit with the Burtons, the Broad Street Line with Roy and Chris after further review with the mayor. Uh, and everybody. So um, let's get right into this, man. I, I just wanted to ask you, brothers, something uh, before we really, really, really got started. I want to know if you guys registered yet for the birthday party because it's yay 2020 around these parts, homie. <laughs> Did y'all register yet? Funds on hold. <laughs> Yo, man, forget the Democrats. Forget the Republicans. I'm down with the birthday party, man. I think they're holding the, the, the birthday party national convention at Chuck E. Cheese, the pizza, the cake, the ice cream. It's all banging. What's up with Ye, man? What's up with your man? He got an album dropping or, or what? He's claiming a presidential Everything run. is a vote. <clears throat> Everything is a hey, vote, yo, man. At, this is, at this, go, go ahead, brother. No, I'm just saying that this is what happens when every time you open your mouth that is a camera in front of you, like, <laughs> and, and and you're a master troll. Like this is just what happens. Shout out to my man Courtier West. <laughs> Yo, B, no one what's, man what's can have all that power. 
I mean, I think I think it's like I don't even want to give him energy because I mean, like, yo, it's it's with everything going on in the world, like that's just come on, man. Like it's just a distraction. Be like, mm-hmm. like you ain't even like you can't even. I don't even know if you're able to get on a ballot in all the states. Like, what's your point? But then also, I hear that's that brother having a breakdown. So to, to distract, he's a he's a coon. He's a top level, top level coon. And thank yo, thank his mama for all the great music that he produced. But ever since she left and ever since the other thing happened, yo, he with the other side, man. He down with them. I see, but I don't even think that's the case. I don't even think he's a coon though. I really don't. Like because to me to me when a coon a coon is someone who intentionally makes moves. Like I don't I think that he's just a troll. I think he's sick. I don't think that he's intentionally trying to cool. Like, I just don't. I, I really don't think something's wrong with him. I mean, it, actually, it came out today. I don't know if you his read family that, that, um, says, yeah. He's, he having, he ha- he's, having, a, he's having a bipolar bad. attack. So that that's their yeah, way so like, without having to actually come out and say, you know, don't listen to this BS that he's talking right now. That's their way of saying it. I mean, I, I want to say in a quiet way, but at the same time, you are being loud, telling the whole world he's having a bipolar moment right now. They said they that they sometimes last for weeks, so that's your hint right now. Like if he said anything in the last week or so, then y'all have to chalk it up to his mental illness, maybe him not being on his med, maybe not seeing his uh, his therapist or whatever it is he does. It seems like when his you, family when is out someone, there combating what his announcement was. <clears throat> when you have someone that's fun, John Holt, and loves and loves attention, I can't call him a coon because. If he's a coon, what do we call Whitlock? <laughs> um, I don't know. I gotta look up like who who's who's, I gotta, who's I gotta, sick I gotta, and intentionally like. I gotta. I gotta who's look intentionally up, trying to get um the other people on his side. Yo, Whitlock literally went into his big, column this past week. Prehistoric ancestors of the raccoon. That's what that's that's what Whitlock is. Whitlock is out there. Like, I mean, he, he's he's a definition. Y'all know me. I don't even like to like come at people like that. I don't like that. I hate that we as black people are so quick to label other people like that. But what he's doing is so shameless right now. If you look on his Twitter feed every dog. day, he's performing for white people, and they're all in his comments Yo. telling them that he's the greatest. You know, <laughs> and he loves it. He loves every minute of it. Yo, he wrote in an article this past week about talking about the Declaration of Independence and how it's the greatest thing that ever happened to black folks and that Thomas Jefferson and George Washington owned slaves, but they were more they knew it was morally wrong, but they just happened to do it. He literally put that in writing. And I showed it to you, Dev. I remember I put it in the group and like circled yeah, it. Like yeah, he no, wrote he, that. He 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 out there tap dancing. Like, like I said, so so I, that's why I can't call I think Kanye. I think Kanye is sick. With the with the other boys doing is something different though. Yeah, it's definitely something different. But listen though, how about you know the people in our community though that kind of took that seriously though? I saw a lot of people out there like, man, this is Kanye's attempt to to split the black vote. Don't don't vote for him and this and that. I'm sitting out here like I'm really reading social media like, wait, this needs to be said like. You got to tell people not to vote for Kanye West for president, and then you sit and then you think for a minute, like, 
it sounds crazy, but Donald Trump is our president right now. So it's like, ah, maybe you, you got to do, got to tell people that. But it sounds so so weird that anybody took him halfway serious to the, to the point where they got to go out and, and send out mass messages not to vote for this dude because he's trying to split the vote and help Trump get reelected. And I'm like, wow. This is 2020. Listen, man, you, this is the world we live in. You yeah, have to tell is, people not is. to vote but for Kanye made, West for president. You made, you made the interesting point, though, about, about Trump, right? So I don't care how you feel about him. Like, most people didn't think that he had a chance to. Listen, my wife literally <laughs> laughed. She was dead. Like, she was laughing and telling me, listen, this dude got no shot. So as he started getting momentum, campaign. I was telling her, like, yo, <laughs> I was telling her, like, yo, you, you need to really pay attention. This shit could happen. She was like, nope, not possible. She was like, she was trying to laugh me out the room. And on election night, her mouth was like wide open. She was like, she was like yo, I can't believe. I'm like, so you got to pay attention, dude. Like, and then once he did that, all bets are off. Like, from this point on, nothing will right. shock me. Like, I, mean, I should have right. known, known this when Jesse the Body Ventura became a governor. <laughs> or when Ronnie, or or really, if you look at Ronnie Reagan's past, when Ronnie Reagan became president, ah, but you should have known. Think about it, Jesse the Body, but, but, but Ronald Reagan, yeah, Arnold, was, yo, Arnold by all Schwarzenegger, like a serious actor. Like you can, like if that happens, you're like, okay, nice career change. I mean, it's still crazy that an actor become a president. They even threw a joke about that in uh, Back to the Future. But what? Like to Jimmy's point, what Jesse the Body did for a living? Because all they did was go out there and act and you know be all fake with. I, I don't know. That's that that gets to another level. I mean, and then you got Donald Trump, yo, <laughs> the Apprentice, the Terminator, the Terminator, the Terminator was Governor too, right? Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. It got progressively worse. It's like okay, <laughs> Ronald Reagan, yeah, but then you got you know. The Terminator and Jesse the Body. Kevin, like, all right, this is weird in America. Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson punched <laughs> on Hakeem Olajuwon, then became mayor. <laughs> That's why he became he was out mayor. Out there groping John. I, I, I know, right? I guarantee you, every every stop. Was also, on his Kevin Johnson was allegedly him. also taking it. That's what he said. He, he was, was also taking it in the office. No, but um, think about it. If you if you run around to every district in that race. And you got the board behind you, and they showing you punching on Dream. Like that'll get people hyped. That'll get the voting block up and up and moving. But no, it it it, it sounds weird, man. Twenty twenty, but twenty twenty is a weird place. <laughs> so I guess I guess you do have to tell people don't vote for Kanye West because people out there. I'm just sitting here like, yo, don't mistake album sales and 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 clothing sales for presidential votes. But America has clearly shown itself to be a laughing stock. So I guess you got to take stuff like this seriously, man. All right, man. <laughs> Let's jump into these hot topics. I mean, man, think about it though. Here. Like, if if you really if you huh? if you want to keep it a bean though, like like your man was on a reality TV show and didn't really do anything himself. His whole fortune was built off of inheritance. Kanye built his. So technically speaking, <laughs> he's uh <laughs> he out there still out there getting PPP loans. Yo, Kanye, that that's an, another weird thing. Like, like a year ago, he's borrowing money. Now he's listed; he's supposed to be a billionaire, and then he's getting PPP loans from, from the government 
Um, that part, you I know, mean, so is Tom Brady. They're going to give it to you. The cats getting PPP loans. And shout out to all y'all small businesses getting the PPP loans because the Fed, the federal prison going to be real crowded next year. <laughs> no doubt. All right, so let's let's get into some hot topics, man. Brought to you by my bookie. Uh, like we've been saying for maybe the past five or six weeks, man, sports is supposed to return sometime soon. So uh, you guys can still make a lot of money with this NBA restart and everything else that's supposed to go down. Um, at my bookie, if you still haven't checked them out, just get your account up and running now. So when that bubble starts to to to, to bubble up, y'all can uh. Lay down some money, get some, get some, get some dough. Uh, betting on whoever's team got the least amount of COVID cases, I guess. But listen, <laughs> you guys are tired of getting those excuses when it's time to get your money, man. That's why we urge you to join my bookie. You win, they pay fast, no hassle. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wages after the game starts. So if you join now, my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. You got to remember that part. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today. Play, win, and get paid. And that's all there is to it. All right, fellas, we talked about this on War Room Sports TV earlier in the week. So, you know, if you guys want to hear the in-depth version of this conversation, just make sure you go to our website um, and click on the World Room Sports TV link of it in the middle of the homepage, or you can just go directly to our YouTube channel, World Room Sports, and listen to it as well. But McCore Maker, uh, the number 17 high school prospect in the nation, five-star recruit, uh, last week he made an announcement that shook up the college basketball world. Um, for now, hopefully it leads to a lot of shakeups later. Uh, he chose Howard University over, you know, pretty much his, his run of schools. His, his final four consisted of Howard, Kentucky, Memphis, and I always forget the fourth school, but not the same, not the same fourth. Always forgetting one of the fourth, and it's a different one every time. Um, either way, he he pretty much had uh, his choice. You know, he's a six foot eleven, seven foot. They're listing him as a center, but just like his cousin son before him, he has skills in a whole lot of other areas. Um, he picked an HBCU. Um, that's the, the the bigger part for me, even though I am a Howard University alumni. Um, like I said earlier this week, fellas, I think it's and, and I know most people do. They think it's much bigger than just the school he picked. It's just the fact that he picked an HBCU. Um, what are your thoughts on that? You know, we we talked about it, and we can send people to that conversation. But what, what are your brief thoughts now after you let it sink well, in for six days? First off, first off, I just want to send a shout out to Chance and Coach Knight. Salute to y'all too. But <laughs> I, I think that um, this, this, this that is uh, yeah, it's it's bigger than a lot of people think. It's it's an amazing thing. Um, watching his highlights though, my man get any shot he wants because he's definitely six eleven with guard skills. So um, mm-hmm. I'm interested to watch him play. He looks like a young Durant. Um, 
but I think this is a lot bigger. He's going to average. He's going to average 107 in the MIAC. <laughs> but here's the thing, though. The MIAC is not. The MIAC is not sweet. Now, granted, like you know, when you compare them to the, like, the, the upper tier program. Yeah, but cats that come from the MIAC, the MIAC is like it's, it's it's a little tough. They may they may not be the most skilled, but they're tough. Um, so you know. I, I think that it's amazing, but it's a lot bigger than that, man. Anyone who studies history understands how big this is. The problem is most people don't study history. So they say, oh, what if he's going to do this. He's going to short himself with this. Like, FOH, if you go back to the 60s and you look at HBCUs, we dominated sports because we weren't even allowed to go to those other – yo, Duke University wasn't always good, folks. Do, do your knowledge. Kentucky mm-hmm. was the last school to allow black folks to play sports. So, like – it's it's interesting to see some people's reaction when they just don't know history. Like, yo, just pick up a book and read. The fact of the matter is those schools built their programs to become as good and dominant as they are on the backs of our athletes. Um, so I think it's a nuanced conversation, but the fact of the matter is you have to know the history before you start to have this conversation or you come off as the ignorant. So, That's um, funny, Jim. I think you, you – Go ahead, okay. go ahead. Now I'm saying it's funny you you mentioned Kentucky because, you know they they have their role in the beginning of this, uh, you know when they faced that Texas Western team in the finals, and the Texas Western yes, team sir. started all black players. They were the first team to ever do that. Kentucky at the time, like you mentioned, wouldn't even allow black players on their team. Like we celebrate that throughout history as a big win, but now when things are the way they are and the reason we have to celebrate a kid like maker so much is because ah that piece of history kind of backfired on us because college basketball saw right then and there, like, okay, these dudes are superior athletically and we need to integrate and let them play on our team in order for us to be successful going forward. So the, the, the thing that we celebrated so much back then is kind of would hurt us now and because they never look back. You know what I'm saying? And then all the big schools Listen, man. The money started recruiting these guys and it, and it really crippled HBCUs um, as athletic programs and as schools because a lot of these other schools depend on sports for so much of their revenue and HBCUs just doesn't, you know, they just don't have it like that. Hopefully, you know, Listen, this kid's man. decision can be very, all I was very, saying, very all interesting. Go ahead, bro. No, I'm just going to recommend that folks out there that don't understand how important this conversation is, read The $40 Million Slave. There's another book called The Cartel, which is about college athletics, and also read the book What Follows. A combination of those oh, yeah. three books will give you all the history you need to know. They give you all the history that you need to know about the NCAA and, and, and what it was and what it is and why this is an important story and it's not um, him shortchanging himself. It's him looking to do something. Now, what happens after this, that'll be interesting because maybe it'll spark something, maybe it won't, but I like him for taking the chance. And since when do we like people for doing the things that everybody else does? I came up in a culture where you respect somebody for making it their own way. So, you know, I don't know about these new cats that want everybody to follow suit and do the same thing, but go ahead, be awesome. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's really interesting what this represents, and I think that, you know, we do a great job of, of breaking it down on the War Room Sports 
uh, channel. So definitely catch our Inside the War Room. But one of the points that, that you're, you're alluding to is the fact collegiate athletics, particularly basketball and football, are revenue-generating business divisions of these colleges and universities. And it's a billion, and dare I say, on a decade basis, trillion-dollar business essentially built on the back of black players and black athletes. And so what Maker represents is the potential, not the reality yet, but the potential shift in wealth into the black community. That's what it really represents because, you know, college sport is the one thing in this country where you're looking at generating a ton of revenue, serious labor costs to the folks that actually generate the, generate the revenue. There's no, there's no labor, labor costs. I'm giving you, you know, there are labor costs, obviously, coaching staff, trainers, all that, but you're not paying the athletes. They, they give themselves for free. Uh, basically, um, for an education that, you know, some would question what it's actually worth today in 2020 and what it's been worth for the last decade. And so but will be even even with that, though, when you talk about players like Maker, who are all projected to be one and done, that's an investment of one year of a college scholarship. (laughs) Even even less money. I mean, they can't deny them if they were to say, all right, I'm going to come back and finish my degree in the summertime. They got to pay for that. But truthfully, yeah. what's the percentage of cats that do that? Right. Right. Shout out to Vince Carter. Listen, I just think about all the classes. Like, what if, what, if, what, if, what if RJ and Zion decided to, like, you know, go to Hampton last year? Like, like what, what if all those cats that went through Kentucky, the, 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 probably the biggest center out of all the colleges, Went to FAMU, like you know what I'm saying. Like it's, it's, it's like you know, um, it takes one person to do this for everybody else to even consider it. And so it's a lot riding on his success. If, if he flames out and does nothing, that could be detrimental. But at the end of the day, no guts, no glory. And I salute the young brother for like putting that on his shoulders. Right, and 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 plus the conversation right. is happening there. I mean, you have him signing is definitely the biggest thing. Um, you have a couple of transfers that people are excited about. Um, you have the youngin from the class of 2023, Mikey Williams, making a whole lot of noise out there. Um, I told you guys before, I think Hashtag he kind of put, hey, put Maker's feet to the fire because Maker actually announced this last year that he was looking at Howard University. Um, he ended up taking a visit, one of his official visits, he went to Howard during homecoming. Um, whoever so to whoever was responsible for scheduling his visit, whoever was responsible for setting up his visit was, you know, a, a visionary. Um, that was so fire. he had been talking about it for a year, but if you guys remember lately, all we've been talking about and all everybody else has been talking about is, oh man, Mikey Williams, he keeps talking that talk about about HBCUs. I think it. I think it kind of like <laughs> if you want to use a swimming pool analogy, I think he pushed Maker off the diving board right there because he's sitting here like, "Yo, this dude is taking on my shine." 
but I have a chance to do something about it because I can actually make the decision and not just be the one talking about it. So if that had anything to do with it, hey, shout out to Mikey Williams. Um, and I hope I'm the one who originated all this gangster And Mr. Emma Effin, thanks, I guess. I, yeah, I hope I Mikey Williams. Um, I hope I hope his talk gets some more people, you know, to make the same decision even before 2023 when he comes out because we don't know. The rule, the straight to the NBA rule, was supposed to be reinstated by then. I mentioned this on Inside the War Room. The only opponent that it now has is the fact that some kids have taken the G League route, which the NBA, you know, that's their league. So if they can cultivate a minor league and people can go there instead of the NCAA route, then that might be incentive for them to keep the rule where you at least have to do one year of something before coming to um, to play in the, in the big league. So we'll, we'll keep an eye on that because there's a possibility Mikey Williams might not ever step foot on a, co- on a college floor. But if he does, I hope all the talk he's talking, I hope he go out and, and, and does what he says he's going to do. And he's a legacy. His mom went to Hampton. So um, I'm pretty sure if he does it, he won't be following in maker's footsteps. <laughs> Because even if he doesn't go to Hampton, she's not going to let him go to Howard. <laughs> Ever. <laughs> That's not going to happen. And um, shout out, Jimmy mentioned one of the, the books that he talked about, um, What Follows. Uh, shout out to the author of that one, uh, Antonio Michelle, who we've been talking to and we're trying to schedule something with him. He could possibly be on the program next week. So, um you know, look out for that. And if you want to go buy his book, it's on Amazon. It's called What Follows. Um, he basically predicted what happened and kind of took it a little farther of what it could actually be. So hopefully in a couple of years, hopefully in a couple of years, we can give Tony Michelle some, some props for being a visionary. We, we shall see. Let's see what, if, if Maker can, can start this movement. What did you say, B? Oh, I, I'm I'm shout out to Tony Michelle for for I'm gonna go ahead and claim it for him. He'll be the visionary. Shout out for calling. No doubt. I mean, this is definitely something that that we've talked about, imagined for years. Definitely talked about on this show. What do you What do you uh, What do you say to the What do you say to the folks that say that this is a bad idea or a bad decision? Whether it's folks that are saying that based on you know, the upside of his professional career or for other reasons where, you know, that's reverse racism. What do you say to that? Man, well, you know, because we, we've had these people. <laughs> well, we've had these people all week. Um, if you look on Twitter, white people are big mad. What's disappointing to me is I've actually had to have long drawn out debates with some black people who are kind of, you know, caught up in the status quo um, what's better for these kids, and and the and the bottom line is what's better for these kids. They don't read. Only came, yeah. I mean, it only came to be quote unquote better for these kids because they took their own power away by making the the PWIs, the big giant universities, quote unquote better. People talk about. People people talk about the revenue and the facilities and all of that kind of stuff of an HBCU. If all of the 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 athletes who Jimmy told you guys earlier, like they're 
the power behind behind all of this. If those guys for years would have made this exodus come back to HBCUs, that's where the TV contracts would lie. That's where the the money would go. All of these schools would, would, would you know have large endowments now and, well, and build stadiums and arenas and all of that kind of stuff. But we give them the power. And here's Desegre- why. desegregation was the last was the last major major push of American chattel slavery. Those that instituted well, also also most of us are caught up in rugged individualism. So we only look about what it could do for the individual. We never think about mm-hmm. the collective. And mm-hmm. we're one of the only cultures that move that way. So you talk about people that say what's good for that person, but what's good for our overall community? That person is making right. a sacrifice. And it's a good thing that our ancestors weren't caught up in rugged individualism because it'd be like, let me just be quiet and stay over here and do my thing as opposed to fighting for what I think well, we all well, where does we all Well, where does, rugged, where does rugged individualism come as a culture? Because it certainly doesn't come from – it doesn't come from where black people originate from, diasporans come from. Where is that – what is that a part of? I mean, that's, that comes from, you know, uh, chattel slavery and, 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 and cats wanting to be uh, comfortable. You know, so yeah. I mean, but when you when you matriculate through a country who, for as long as you've been here, their whole thing was to keep everything related to wealth away from you. That's that's kind of that, that's where people people's brains go to individualism because everybody's reaching to say, "I got mine." You know what I'm saying? We weren't really taught in the ways of excellent point. community wealth and pooling finances and I mean, all that kind of stuff. When you when you're born when you're born people will say, Man, I gotta get out of here. I gotta I gotta make it so I can get away from these N words. That's what people say. This is from a young age. So mm-hmm. we are never taught to, you know, um be be a part of a community and make things better. We're taught to get away and, and run away. So Therefore, when you look at this kind of decision, they talk about what it does for this kid, and we never talk about what it does for the overall. And that's part of the problem with with, with um, our community in general, if you can even call it a community. You know what I'm saying? Because the fact of the matter is we don't move one way. We we, we all worried about, like, our individual self. Like, well, and, that's and part and of the problem. So, that's, that was, that's why it was so appalling for me, Jimmy, to have – other black people asked me, like, why are y'all so happy for this kid? Like, he's doing a disservice to himself. And when when it's different because this kid gets it because he made this decision. And he didn't just, you know, go on TV and say, well, you know, I, I just picked an HBCU because, you know, they had the chicks and all that. He knows what he is. He knows that he's a sacrificial lamb and, and all of this. And he knows that there's a possibility that things could go left and it could kind of derail the path that he was on, but he also knows that he could start a movement and that's more important to him. That's the bigger picture for him. And it's crazy that a 17, 18 year old gets that. And I'm arguing with grown men about it. So, I'm well, whoever, whoever, whoever said that to you doesn't read and they probably in an interracial marriage. Whoever said that to you, because I have no idea, but. Mm. Mm. Speaking of speaking of him getting it and his reasons, remember he made the decision, but he said, "I want to wait until a day that's very important to me to tell people why I made this decision." That day was actually today. July ninth is um, 
Sudan Independence Day. That's where he's from. He's from the Sudan. Um, that in itself, you know, that being that important to him and him, him waiting to do his little media tour on that day, that's more props to this dude. But he went, he told the undefeated, he said, the reason behind my decision, I dare to be different. Something that you mentioned a few minutes ago, Jim, like, you know, when have we come from a time where everybody wants to do things the same? But he said, and I always consider myself to be a leader. I want to change the current culture and climate that has kept five-star athletes like myself from viewing HBCUs as a viable choice. I have no idea why it's been over 40 years that not even one five-star basketball player in the United States has decided to play at an HBCU. But I do know that in this Black Lives Matter movement that's empowered and assembled many different people across the country and the world, that it won't be another 40 years until it happens again. This is my favorite new player. In any form. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'm about to get a jersey, man. I think that he must have like an amazing mentor. And and matter of fact, hold on, let me back that up because I use the word Jenga. Because for now on, I don't use mentor no more. I use Jenga because if you do the knowledge on the word mentor, you know, mentor technically um, took the booty holes of young men in Greek mythology. And that's where the word comes from. So a better word for it is Jenga, J-E-N-G-A. So anyway, so he must have amazing Jengas behind him who uh. Who have schooled him because he seems to have, like, you know, um, his head on his shoulders and says the right things. I know that he did, like, a, a media blitz today. I didn't see some of those, but um, I was reading about some of his words. And um, I think that it's just amazing, is, uh, man. I'm about to copy this. Is the young, this is and the I know young that the, Sudanese, the, the young Sudanese royal. The Austin, <laughs> the Austin said uh, something that I found funny, which is about wearing a jersey of someone younger than you, yo, but he might deserve it, yo. Yeah. Yo, he does. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm gonna I, I call with Mikey Williams jersey. So somebody hit me and was like, uh, you know, maker maker. He he's on now talking about this. So I I caught maybe really thirty seconds of it. He was talking to uh, Screaming A and and Max. Um, and of course, after he said what he had to say, Screaming A had to do his thing and remind him. But I'm saying, brother, Howard was. Four and twenty nine last year, and won one game in the MEAC, or you know something, trying to let them know what they were as a team. And he still killed him on that, like you know, you know Coach Kenny Blakely. Kenny, Coach Kenny Blakely is he's from a winning culture, so I'm willing to give that a chance and all of that kind of stuff. And he he still kept saying, you know, it's, it's bigger than that. Oh, yeah, a lot of people, like, this 18-year-old kid running around schooling these grown men Got a school because they're only there. thinking, they're thinking so micro, like, because, it's a shame. Because they're caught up in rugged, and all because they, they know how they live their life. They live their lives through rugged individualism. That's why. And by the way, I just want to put this out there because I don't want to sound ignorant. I oh, so to, to devs, and I'm out here in the war wagon live from the streets, but to Dev's point, rugged, rugged individualism is a part of their narrative because they don't acknowledge the privilege and the downright thievery that's a part of their culture. So it's easy to change the narrative to say those who are successful from the dominant culture just bootstrap their way up. And that's where rugged individualism comes from. And of course the oppressed take on the characteristics of the oppressor when they don't have anything else to reach for culturally. Absolutely. No, what were you saying about Jenga? Real quick, Jeff. No, I was saying the word is actually Jekna, J-E-G-N-A. I just looked it up. That's the word, okay. which is a better word for the word mentor. 
Because if you look up the history of the word mentor, it's, it's real filthy. But I just want to put that out there. We try to educate y'all in the war room. So, so he has the you know, shot all the. That's one of those words. That's one of those words that I never chose to use anyway, and I didn't even know that it was some kind of you know filthy underlying Yo, history no, to it. It just I just never could call somebody my mentor. I can't I can't call anybody my boss. Some things I just never could say. Yeah, I can't do that. Oh, you, 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 you and your name dash, John. <laughs> yeah. But but he, no, he but mentor comes from smart. mentor comes from Greek culture, and it mean it means all the things that you know we think it means, but it was like a different aspect of it when a man went off to war, and the mentor took care of his seeds, but they like taught him everything, but they also uh, effed him in the A. So it just oh. has their own. If you look oh. at the, the history, you look at the history of the word, uh, you know. Anyway, we got we went way off on the tangent. The bottom yeah, line yeah, is, yo, yeah, this is the only show. This is the only show you can talk about like a college basketball player somehow getting to Greek mythology. But anyway, um, yo, the bottom line, the bottom line is salute the. Uh, I gotta make sure I say his name right. Is is it McCore Maker? Yeah, I think. Maker Maker. Let's make sure we say it. Me yeah, everybody everybody just say maker, maker maker, but I think it's McCor. I think it's McCor like maker. Tupac McCor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely shout out to him, man. Um, before we take some calls, man, I just want to ask you, brothers. It's not. It's 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 about a year old. Um, but I don't know how long I've been on this. Jimmy, 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 Jimmy pulled my um coattails to it. The Stefan Marbury documentary, which is now on Netflix. Um. I know you watched it, Jim. B. Austin, did you get a chance to check it out yet? I know you you were, you know, a lightweight Steph fan back in the day. Um, Not yet. It will get looked at. Okay. Yo, B. Austin don't do nothing. Yo, B. Austin is Jimon's personal assistant. So he don't have, he don't, he don't have time to do nothing, yo. Jimon is mentor. He's the third best soccer player ever. <laughs> Jimon is mentor. <laughs> yo. <laughs> Yeah, go get my shoes, boy. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, Third best in the world, yo. <laughs> what do you say, Pele? Um, what's Pele, up, Freddie Adu, and Jimon, man. Top three ever, yeah. yo. And with Freddie Adu in there, he ain't three. <laughs> yeah, he ain't three. He ain't three. Yeah. Um, no, it, it Top was. Three and he ain't three. I, I, I it was really good, man. It was a. Definitely a good recommendation from you, Blueprint. Um, I've always been a big Steph fan. Like I probably, I probably took it a little too far, a little too long. Because still, like maybe two, three years into the league, even as a diehard Sixers fan, I was still telling people that Marbury was better than Iverson. And the thing that I used to say all the time, you probably remember this, B. I used to always harp on the fact. I used to harp on the fact that Steph came back those first few years, he used to come back with something new in his game every year. I didn't see that from Allen Iverson. What Allen Iverson did do, he just became more dominant. And then when Larry Brown changed him to what his natural position probably should be, he he became even more dominant. But skill-wise, I don't know if there's anybody out there that can argue with the point I was making. Steph used to come back with something different all the time. I mean, we love AI, but we yeah, all kind of know I mean, he's not known to be yo, the hardest worker. Like he's just 
talented AI, ungodly. AI is, AI is just like one of them guys that just has something that you can't even pinpoint skill-wise. And right. like he, he has the heart of a lion, and he's just iconic. It's just another level. But to this documentary, mm-hmm. though, like his story was crazy when you realize like he had – he had a bunch of brothers. They from the projects, and literally all his brothers went to college on a basketball scholarship. That's crazy. Yeah. Um, but they were expecting somebody to he, break through and make it, and people kept falling short. Yeah. Yep. And 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 he was the one that did it. And like it, it's just crazy, man, to watch his story to see where he comes from, and also to see like in high school, man. His high school highlights was like crazy. It was, I was telling y'all, so it was high school highlights probably better than his pro highlights. And New York had some names school, back then, man. That, that was in the midst of the Dog. Felipe Lopez hype, um, Sham God hype. God, uh, you know, God. Marbury was Skip still that guy, you know, when those guys were doing what they were doing. But, Jim, what, what makes it, I think the documentary his, his gives you so class, much. Though. Yeah, the draft class is crazy, 96. But I think, it, I think the documentary gives you so much of a look inside of his family and what the expectations were for for him since his older brothers didn't break through all the way to the NBA. Like, I've always thought when they show that draft moment of Steph getting his draft interview and he's crying like, you know, I'm here now. I've always thought that was a touching moment, but even more so after watching this and seeing what led up to that minute, to that moment, I'm like, yeah, Steph. (laughs) I, I, I th- always thought Steph got a bad rap, man. He definitely, in my opinion, got a bad no. rap. So I'm glad he was able to go to China, reinvigorate his career. Because we, because people talk about Steph. We'll, 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 we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. Fame. Yeah, definitely. We'll see him but, in the Hall. But people talk about his, his NBA career as if it was a bust. Steph running around with like 19 and 9 numbers for his career. And, you know, y'all that, know yeah, we got Hall of Fame. Ray Allen said that. Ray <laughs> Ray Allen said, yo, he averaged 20 and 9. Ain't too many people that do that. Like, <laughs> right. Ray Allen said that on the, yeah, the, the dot. Ew, and, and Ray Allen, than, right? yeah. Ray Allen played in a movie. He basically played Stephon Marbury in a movie. <laughs> like, come on, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we in the, the same the, draft class. The, the crazy, you older than him. Yo, the craziest <laughs> part about it, the doc, the doc is when they in China, and my man takes us to the museum. He got his own museum in China. Like yeah. outside of the fact that he got a statue, they got a Stefan Marbury museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, Koloff culture is, is deep over there in, in China. <laughs> Koloff culture is something. Yo, else. my man got his own mu- Yo, my man from Coney Island, man. He got his own museum in China, yo. Like, yo, he got more than one. He got more than one statue. He got more than one statue. He got a statue. I think I, I looked away and looked back. I thought I might have seen him on some stamps. Yo, they on Steph Wood over there. Yo, so, Steph, yo, Steph a legend. He was on a reality show over there singing. Like he was, yo, he just mm-hmm. he he the man over there. But 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 even beyond that, dog, when they start showing those highlights at the Timberwolves and when him and KG was young, like that that was scary. Like they was yeah. getting busy and just punching on people and running the break, and then KG got paid. And that was it. I, I know. Another thing I didn't know is how close they were before the NBA. I didn't know that. Oh yeah, yep. His, his sister was talking yep. about how you know she come in the house and KG and all of these names that we know laying on their floor asleep and all that kind of stuff. 
I'm like, damn, I, you know, you know, hey, those you guys culture, know dog. each other from the cir- from the circuit, but I didn't know they were yeah. that cool. So shout out to that. Yeah, hey, you coach go back. You find out how close they were, Jim. You like wonder, like, damn, why couldn't they make it work? Like, ain't no way you could tell me that Stephen you know, the crazy King part is the battle for a title. It just, and my thing is this though, I kind of blame <laughs> Seth for this, right? And what the hell was KG supposed to do? So be off, and I know you didn't see it yet, but how how it played out was um, Kevin Garnett had signed that deal at the time that made him the highest paid player in all of sports, and then the rules changed after because of a new contract. <laughs> yeah, so what happened is the rules changed like the very next year. So when Steph was up for his max, they gave him the max. It just so happens that his max was seventy, and KG's max was like a buck twenty. So right, because you gotta Steph remember, got remember when Allen Iverson and and uh, Ray Allen and all them in that same class when they came up on the max. I remember that vividly because everybody was sweating Ray Allen because he did it without an agent. But I'm like, yo, dog, the max is yeah. the max. If you're that player, like, what do you need an agent for? For real, for real. Um, yeah. The agent maybe but you know that comes in. Right Everything right, right, and he got that crazy joint because even even cats like Jawan Howard got crazy stupid money in comparison to the to the Steph Allen Iverson class. But like like you so, said, I don't understand how but, Steph but like- is mad at KG or the Timberwolves. They gave you what they could give you. Like what are they supposed to yeah, do? Yeah, I was saying like, yo, you drawing Steph. What's KG for? Take a cut because he want to make the same thing as you. Like no, leave that fifty million on the table because we homies. Come on, I'm man. I'm supposed to get mad at that. I'm supposed to get mad at that. <laughs> like, come on, man. All right, so shout out to Neil and the, um. Oh, she said. So from Steph. So, so the big question is Steph or Joe Dumar. <laughs> come on, man. Neil said, "Tell Dev the other school was UCLA and Maker should should have recruited like the Fab Five at Michigan." See, that's the only thing with Maker. Being a kid who's, you know, he's not from America, like he might not be the kid. Like he can make that decision, but I don't know if he's the kid that could have gotten other people to do it with him. I think Mikey could could recruit. Right. I think he might be that dude because, first of all, he he cocky as a Mike already recruit. He already know everybody on his wood. And I'm pretty sure if he comes, he can get maybe one or two dudes to, to, to go with him. Shoot, I'm hoping his mom might have secretly had some H.U. envy and sent his ass to Howard. <laughs> but, uh, I Listen, man. To, my I hope is, she feel. Yeah, you know, I hope she feel like full medic, uh, Jim. <laughs> if, uh-huh. if she, if, you, if she if feel about her school, though, people, like were, people were tr- people were trying to get the Fab Five to make this move as one. Like back then, mm-hmm. they were trying like, yo, y'all should all go to HBCU, but Michigan yeah, okay. came with the bag. I mean, eventually. Yeah, they had that bag. (laughs) Can you imagine (laughs) the amount of knowledge, the amount of knowledge that Maker is going to get in an HBCU environment? Yeah. Dog, put it like this. A lot of knowledge. A lot of knowledge. When the Fab Five did what they did, they they went to the NCAA finals twice. So imagine they would have took all five of them at HBCU and went to the finals twice. They would have all had AIDS. But at the yeah. same time, right? <laughs> Michigan, Michigan, Michigan came with that bag. Like Michigan was like, y'all ain't going nowhere. Like they called Big Money in. He put the wire through, and that was a wrap. Super Seven did better than the Fab Five. 
but you ain't heard that from me. Yeah, man. Um, Yo, we got we got to get our we got to get our booster game up. Let's we got to have that conversation. But we got to get our booster game up. No, HBCU booster. But, but I really do think in that conversation, you know, Mikey Williams might be able to change the dynamic even more and grab some homies to <laughs> to to come on down with him. Um, so we'll see. But yeah, that's that's Starberry doc. I don't know how we got back on that from Starberry, but um, pretty good documentary. One last thing before we take calls. So we, we got to get this all out the way. We see you on the line, Tobias. You got a habit of putting all our, our, our topics out in one call. So we're going to get the main ones out so you can talk about them when you get on the air. Patrick Mahomes has signed the 2020 version of the Kevin Garnett deal. Um, the Chiefs, the reigning Super Bowl champion Chiefs, has given him 10-year extension. Now the extension is worth somewhere around is it four hundred seventy seven million dollars? Add that to the two years that he has remaining, his contract could be up to five hundred and three million dollars over the next twelve years if he hits all of his incentives. Um yeah, like I said, the base of value of the contract, including the next two seasons before the extension kicks in is four hundred seventy seven um, 631 million, I'm sorry, 477 million, 631,000 <laughs> dollars. Um, that averages out to almost $40 million per year. But starting in 2022, once this, the, the final two years of his two year, his last two years of this deal is up, he's going to be making $45 million per year. Now, of course, this is one of those contracts where it goes up in the, in the later years, it's, it's, I wouldn't exactly call it backloaded, but of course it, it increases because they're looking to the salary cap being, you know, an increased number by then and his cap hit not being super crazy, even though you see these numbers, you just assume crazy cap hit. Um, what did y'all think when y'all saw this deal, man? Who are the winners and losers? God almighty. <laughs> Listen, man. Yo, whoever his home, girlfriend is something. is not using any prophylactics ever. Or she popping them, Jeff. In the words of my man Chucky from Fresh, man. Like Chucky from Fresh said, man, he got stupid paid. Yo, he got stupid <laughs> paid, yo. And shout out to Dak Prescott because this has to help him in some way, like because he he, he ain't signed for his bread yet, so this got to help him for one. Every quarterback wants. I know it's probably a quarterback group chat. It's probably NFL quarterbacks group chat, and they probably was all going nuts because everybody. Josh Rosen, yeah, I mean, this, this helps everybody. <laughs> Josh Rosen, it, it didn't help. It didn't help Cam. I mean, but, but you know, he ain't got the complexion for the connection. But but you're right though, Jim. When when we talk about winners and losers, Dak is definitely a winner. Um, he's not gonna, of course, he's not gonna get Mahomes' money, but this could land him right where. He was trying to land when everybody was calling that a ridiculous ask. You know what I'm saying? He might yep. land there or even better at this point. The biggest loser in this is probably the Dallas Cowboys because they didn't get that deal done before this, and they decided to franchise him. Now they're sitting here like, yo, are we really going to give Dak Prescott you know, 35 to $40 million a year, or have we played ourselves and we just got to start over at some point? They got a real, you know, and that they have a real decision to make, and Dak is not a bum like 
B. Austin thinks he is. I mean, he's not great to me, but and this, and this, he, Deshaun I, Watson so, gonna be going to the table to try to get his chicken. Right, Deshaun Watson so, is probably like partying because he gotta get his chicken soon. So any team that has given their quarterback a hard time and didn't get a deal done when they could have gotten one done are the biggest losers in this because you have to have a quarterback in today's league. So, I mean, that's almost in, in every, you know, time period you had to have a good quarterback. But I think today that reigns true more than ever. So, yeah, you think about that, man. They should have got that deck deal done. They were worrying about contracts like Carson Wentz and cats like that and not wanting to pay Dak that much. Now look at you. <laughs> Who Jarrah. Yep. I think uh, look at him. I Still think they're gonna him. let Dak walk. They're gonna but, they're gonna franchise him and they're gonna let Dak walk. Yo they franchise back. In twenty twenty, I know the Chiefs are like, yo, we have to have a season this year. Because they paid this man all this money, but his 2020 cap hit is still only $5.3 million. So the best time for them to try to, you know, of course, repeat and still be a dominant team is kind of like now. Because in 2021, it goes up to 24-8, 2022, 31-4, 2023, breaks into the 40000000 million. He's 42.4. Like, from 2023 on, it's going to be difficult, even if the cat number goes up, it's going to be way more difficult to, to put the kind of weapons around Mahomes that he's used to having. So it's I'm not going to call it a now or never type situation, but if you want to get this back-to-back, if you want to start your own little mini dynasty, it's definitely the not time to do it now because it's going to be a little difficult from 2023 to 2031 with the cap hit. Like if he's on the team in 2031, which I don't think he'll be, $52 million against the Cats. <laughs> $52 million against the Cats for an old quarterback. <laughs> but this is football. So you don't, no. look at these con- you don't look at these contracts the same as you do in baseball. Like you look at baseball and you're like, yo, the Phillies tripping because at the end of that contract, they're going to be paying $30 million to, to Bryce Harper and he's going to be old as dirt. Uh, same thing with the pool host contract when he got 300 same thing with all of these 10, 13 year contracts. In football, you're never gonna see that. But he's still gonna make yeah. money. Yeah, he, he up out of he up out of there six years into that. Six yeah. years. I, I think he's only yeah, guaranteed. I mean this contract's so big I just... like like hundred and forty one million. That's what he's guaranteed. So football will find a way to make That's you just... look like you bagged up and then, you know, you scrambling after your career like <laughs> But quarterbacks don't generally scramble off the field. No, nah, because even if he does six years, he's going to get 200, 300. Like, it, like his, this number is so big, Paul said, like, he, he's going to – he's going to – man, listen, he's good. And his, and his endorsement's about to go, you know, Kermit, he's about to get that Muffin endorsement. All that. He good. He good. They're going to have him on commercial sipping tea. Shout out to, uh, to Kermit. All right, man, let's go to the Kermit. Line. Let's go to the phone line because I know uh, Tobias is mad at us <laughs> out in Arizona. What up, Tobias? Man, you said t- last uh, topic 25 minutes ago. And then we talked about that one topic for 25 minutes. Yes, man, I tell you, man. <laughs> I tell you, man. What's going on, fellas? 
What's up, man? Man, everything hey, nothing at all. First thing first, and see, I talk about Mahomes. In three years, he gonna show up in the Chiefs locker room and renegotiate. And the only thing he gonna say is, "I ain't trying to mess up my summer." Yeah, but I thought he should have taken like if I was advising him. I would have gone the Kirk Cousins route, keep getting those shorter deals fully guaranteed because the guy is so talented and so Injury. good that even you get hurt, they still going to pay him. Hell, Ryan Tannehill got $30-something million dollars that they didn't want him throwing the football. Oh, <laughs> you know, so. it's, it's, it's risky in football. It's, 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 it's a risky proposition yeah. to do that. Like, it's it ain't like that. So far for but, Kirk Cousins, and I don't even know if it was – I don't even know. Like, Kirk Cousins really wasn't doing that on purpose. Like, Washington just wouldn't commit to the dude. So they kept giving him these diesel uh, franchise contracts. But, yeah, it's a risky proposition in football. I see what you're saying, but that's more of a, a hoops move. Yeah. And, and they talk about, oh, by, you put this around him, you don't be able to put this around him. That's the front office problem. Your issue is making sure you get enough money for your family, your kids, your grandkids, and that You're white fine. girl who'll be pregnant yeah. in a month. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. No doubt. I'm not I'm I'm never giving hometown yeah. discounts or nothing. Like I said, that's that's Tom Brady did it. Tom Brady did it and they still want to walk ago. Y'all better draft well. Could you imagine <laughs> Could you imagine the, uh, the the group chat that his white girlfriend is in with her girlfriends that day to the news hit? <laughs> yeah, I told you that. I told you I picked right, right by by, by choosing that color boy with a funny voice. I can see it now. Hey, hey you, know, you know what kills me though? Everybody, I hate all these revisions people. Even Fred, talking about they saw this coming from home. If anybody watched college football, no one saw this coming. I don't even kill the Bears for passing on him. It was passing on Deshaun Watson that the Bears messed up on. Uh, one person, it, one person, I, I give props for seeing it, uh, and that's Andy Reid because you don't have Andy to show much. Andy Reid, you don't have to show much for Andy Reid to see it. He he has more confidence in himself than he does in that. Yo, quarter. Fred be lying, yo. <laughs> Fred be flat <laughs> out lying. We can go back to the tapes and Fred. Yo, Fred, Fred ain't say that. We can go back to the tape. Yo, Fred will say something on tape and then go against it and tell you, yeah, I saw this. No, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> you know what though? No. And like what happened is what people gotta figure out also, he sat out that year, that first year except for that last game, to re uh to refine his footwork, his mechanics, to get coached up. Cause he came from that Texas Tech system where everybody threw him five, six thousand yards. And so being coached up by Reed, getting that footwork and those fundamentals refined that first year. It actually was a blessing to him as well. And like sometimes it's about where you go, and that's one of those cases of where you go. Imagine he got drafted by Jacksonville. What the hell would have happened to him? Uh, <laughs> you know, he'd be, he be in the league right now. Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, it's like and, and get. I know y'all talked to the court like the, the maker kid. I still say he got his his doc, birth birth documents from the same place Orlando El Duque Hernandez got his from. Former Yankee pitcher. You trying to say the reason why he's so woke is because he like 46? Hey, I still say he got it. Hey, if there's a, hey I, I, I say he got a kid making store runs for him. Hey, he got a kid making store runs for him. That's all I got to say. He said he's very mature for his age. 
Hey, 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 all I know is that you got to keep it. Tobias is saying that he's somebody's mentor. Yeah, <laughs> no, Terry Crews got a mentor. <laughs> <laughs> Terry Crews yeah. got a mentor for the record. Whoa. But anyway, it's neither here nor there. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> Terry, Terry Crews Terry Cruz is very Crews. much a mentee. He's very much a mentee. Yo, Terry. Yo, Terry He's Cruz let people touch his coochie. I scrolled back up just to laugh at that meme like earlier yeah. today. I had to go find <laughs> it. Like, man, that was so funny. Well, he took him out. What did the dude say? He's like, if Terry Cruz was mad at the, would fight the dude that, that touched his coochie the way he fight black people, he wouldn't be in this position. Yo. Oh, and fellas, that was a problem. And that man grabbed him in front of his wife, and Terry cowered in fear. No, uh, your wife can't possibly respect you. She's a lesbian. Yeah, your wife is a lesbian. Whoa, she's in it for the check. And you know, and like, yo, how we get on this? You know what? And like, let's go ahead and flip back. Like, I think with H, like the kids at HBCU, like y'all, y'all made some good points earlier. One thing I was, I think I said it last week also. Steve Mac, I don't know they get it up north where your city folk are at in the 90s. They aired Steve McNair's college games at Alcorn State. It wasn't no SWAT game in the week, HBCU game in the week. It was that like, because the guy threw a damn near 6,000 yards and 1,000 yards rushing. And he was that great of a player. Yeah. And they still showed the game. So, so if they happened, can – go ahead. Listen, man. I was just saying, like, people, people forget, like, in basketball, if you're good, they will find you. Like, we've seen players, like, come from small schools and, 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 and make it to the league. Like, hey, you know, football. the Spurs will find somebody playing in the parking lot in Istanbul, Turkey. They'll, they're like, they'll come get him. Like, so it's it's a joke to think that, you know, this is going to affect him. Now, it is a high-risk, high-reward because if he struggles in the MEAC, but if he struggled at a big school, it would affect him. So it's not really about, you know, saying, like, so, where he's at. It's about how he plays. Can we be honest about this? I want to list some names for you guys. Harrison Barnes, John Hanson, uh, Justice Winslow were average, a high prospect who were average at best in college and still got drafted in the lottery. Uh, so, yeah. and, and Marlon Williams got drafted ahead of Chris Paul. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> neither here nor there. So, if, so it doesn't even matter because the NBA goes by potential. Now, I think basketball can make a bigger effect than football because, you know, football, it's just years and years of getting those numbers in the trenches. But basketball, you can still make a – you get one or two guys and make a difference. Look what Steph Curry did at Little Davidson and uh, how he turned that around and became a star off of that. And then the best thing, because like Calipari, for example, he don't want you to come back the second year even if you want to come back. DeJuan Wagner even said that Calipari took away his scholarship. He thought about coming back. And so does that mean he really care about you? Yes, you may make the money, but if you want to stick around, that's your choice as well. Because uh, DeJuan Wagner went to Cleveland, didn't work out that well for anybody except for LeBron and Brad Doherty, but Brad Doherty got hurt too. But, uh, <laughs> you know, but, you know, and I think that it's yeah. a good idea if they want to go, go because the league, they will find you. And what happens is these schools, these programs, these schools got these facilities, these these centers, all this stuff at these schools from the academic side also because of sports. I'll say this real quick. Nick Saban turned Alabama, like people like back when I was a kid coming up, there was people from the state of Alabama, maybe George, Mississippi, that go to Alabama. 
since Nick Saban came there and they got an even higher profile, people from all over the country go there now. And then the money from football coming in. Yeah. So who's to say HBU can't see the thing? And also people, no disrespect there, Howard ain't on HBCU in the world, people. There's a lot more out here, people. Sorry, Dev, I had to put that out there. I think I might have said it in our in our video earlier this week. Like, yeah, that, you know, being in the, that's the, the whole thing. I keep telling people, like, you know, because I I'm, I'm I talk to a bunch of happy Howard alumni every day, and I, I had to explain to a couple of them, like, yo, this is much bigger than just mm-hmm. you know alma mater. You know what I'm saying? And that's true. I've said it numerous times, like. But that's the that's a negative too. So that's why I don't take it in a bad way. I think it's a negative that anybody who doesn't have a lot of knowledge about uh, HBCUs, all they're gonna say is is Howard, and they think that's just it. It's a ton of HBCUs out there, and it's a lot of them that could use a financial boost that something like this would give them. I mean, I look at look at like Hampton. Hampton. I know that's the. I know Hampton's the other HU, but they in the tournament all the time. He's going to get cooked, but they yep. make the tournament, and they have a pretty good basketball program. Yep. I mean, Rick Mahorn yep. came from Hampton. They do. Yeah. I, I mean, but, but, you know, the yeah. fact of the matter well, is, man, to, like – Yeah, go ahead. I'm sorry. The, one, of the thing, one of the things that people don't even talk about are all the other folks that get to go to school because of these athletic programs. What I mean by that is the, the non-athletes. This allows mm-hmm. so much – like, when you have a good sports program, it allows you to bring in other non-athletes to go to school. So it's like we we have a resource, which is our labor, and we need to maximize and leverage that resource to get as much as we can out of it because, I mean, this is how you build the community. It's how you build the nation. You have to support your own, and this is one of the things that people don't talk about, how many people that get to go to school because of that, because they float so many other programs whether it's academic or athletic, and, you know, it has to start somewhere. Shoot, we You're right, Kyle. Once you get those TV contracts, now this, I'm specifically talking about a Howard because they're in a city like Washington, D.C. Like, people see Georgetown, you rarely see, especially in a big game, you rarely see Georgetown playing games on their own campus because even their facilities are too small. They're playing where the Wizards play, when they're playing anybody of, of you know what I'm saying, of, of any consequence. Even I when they play, when even the, the Georgetown-Howard game every year is at Verizon Center or whatever the hell it's called now. So, like, once once the windfall, if the windfall ever comes, and Howard, along with other HBCUs, are getting these recruits, and the money and the TV and all of that is following them, like, you don't have to like, worry about, oh, man, well, their, their gym only holds 2,700 people. Oh, they're going to make room for you down at the... the yeah. Here's the, here's the other thing also. <laughs> Capital One Center. Watch those TV... Con- like y'all said, the TV contracts are paid for, like, the science program, like, the, uh, all that stuff. You get those kids going. Because that's, that's the reason kids go to some of these schools. It's because what they offer them, the resource they're able to offer those kids, those non-athletes. And uh, if you got to go... If you can't get that, let's say, at, at Cheney or somewhere, but you get at Temple... You're going to send your kid to Temple. But if you get those sports contracts with kids going, you'll be also able and also build your booster base. You'll be able to hire a Coach K type, a Nick Saban type who can recruit. Because at the end of the day, college is all about selling. Recruiting is just being a good salesman. And you'll be able to board those coaches. First of all, shout out to 
Tobias well, for knowing, knowing Chaney. Come on, man. You the man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, how, you know, how you know what, how you know about Chaney? Yeah. Hey, 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 mind you, mind you, I'm the same guy that thought Georgetown was HBCU when I was a kid. Y'all did too. But, uh, <laughs> Yo, listen, I ain't gonna lie to you. A lot of people in the hood that we all did. John Thompson had us all fooled. Yeah. Yo, and the the only black people that went to Georgetown was the people on John Thompson's team. (laughs) The only black people. You know, speaking of black people, right? (laughs) Speaking of black people, right? Y'all see how, like, somehow, every time we get a black movement started, first, the NBA, fellas. Why are we arguing about what slogan you get to put on your jersey? If you want to fight, I even tweeted George Daniels this because he didn't even respond back. He complained about the food. I was like, hey, you're in the NBA. Why don't you push your guys up there to get black caterers or black chefs to knock out some meals a couple of days out of the week? Where if y'all if they care about real social change, get those contracts for that, and that it can provide jobs Listen, and man. show economic opportunity. Only, only allow black IG models in the bubble, man. Like, look out, look out for the working ladies. <laughs> yeah, they don't want no contract. Cause, like, okay, you put a Black Lives Matter slogan on the court. What the damn do? Let's just be honest here, guys. If white folks knew that's all we wanted was just a beak and a pat in the head and shopping, they throwing sleep at the hotel, not worried about feeling all, they would have integrated us fifty years earlier. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's just be honest about it. All we wanted, all yeah, we wanted, yeah, we wanted yeah, yeah, a little pat on the yeah. head, good dog. Take this bone. Yeah, come on, man. I want your bone, Paul. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they it costs. I'm big on government contracts, and that's why I've always admired the late Marion Barry. Yeah, he hit that pipe, but he made sure black people in D.C. business got a certain percentage of business contracts. And that's why they love them Because no matter he's what you do They say hey you got his money okay. So what about what about the uh, Who was the boy in Atlanta that did the same The, the boy, the boy um, He made sure everybody ate when he was in Atlanta The, the mayor down there They actually did a, um, a documentary on him uh, What's the boy's yeah. name Reed um, He made hey, what sure Reed? What him? <laughs> Oh no 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 disrespect to him oh. I think he's a Howard alumni um, but no, I was Atlanta mayor before him, and he made sure that yo, uh, in order to actually build the airport, you had to have black contractors, and they was like getting mad at him. They was like, yo, we can't find a black business like that's ever built like the you know a runway or something like that. He was like, yo, hire somebody that does asphalt, just let them do it. But he forced their hand. Um, oh, what's the boy's name? But he, it's to your point. Oh, right. We got um, uh, Marion Barry. We got, got Nige on the line. He'll probably know. Yeah, yeah, but but yeah, oh, hell, you can lay you can lay asphalt, you, you, you can paint lines, you can paint the Maynard outlines and, and the, Maynard Jackson. That's his name. Okay. Yep, yep. And see, and that and, and see, that's something right there. It's not even say the hundred percent. It just say twenty. What people see, what happens is it's easy to say a slogan or go on Twitter, and people saying, well, what about these leagues, these commissioners, or these owners? And I was like, they always believe in you go the players. You have direct access to your team owner who has every politician in the state on speed dial because they call them and they want a new stadium tax-free or, like, not having to pay for it. They got them on speed dial. That's the people you talk to that, hey, let's get in here. Let's see what we can do. And my final thing is before I go, what's up, Nas, by the way? Thanks for being patient because I had to be patient with these guys also. Steven <laughs> Jackson? 
my only criticism of Steven Jackson is that he was emotional when he was talking. Uh, Deshaun Jackson, the way he tanked the Tampa, screw him. But, uh, <laughs> but, but, but you notice how white people got on, like those Jewish people like we were talking about earlier, got on code. You ain't hear no, well, all Jewish people matter. LGBT Jewish matters. Or Jewish women are issues. They were lockstep, and they trying to get people to apologize, and they talking about, well, don't get wrong, they had atrocities happen. I, if I was Steven Jackson, if I was about to say, yeah, go with Julian Elliman, hang out with him. Also, why you that? Ashley, how did how did y'all pull off getting those reparations for stuff that didn't happen in this country, and y'all still get money? Why well, we ain't getting nothing? Oh yes, mm-hmm. that's what I would do. And also, I'm tired of them trying to make black people. Whoever even gets the notoriety that you have to publicly disassociate from Minister Louis Farrakhan. No one told the Jewish Robert Kraft to disassociate himself with Donald Trump. Tom Brady loves Trump. No one tells him to disassociate himself from him. But when it comes to black people, they want us to disassociate ourselves from each other. And I say, as a black person, you got your bread, right? Screw them. Didn't Obama bend the knee on that with his pastor? Reverend Wright. Reverend yeah, Wright, I mean, yep. Sold him up. Yeah, right, man. guess what? Yeah, you guys take it easy, and don't take forever next week, Dad, because I'm keeping my, my calendar, because white people don't take as long as you. The white man's radio is colder. But anyway, you guys take it easy. <laughs> All right, let's go down. We got the homie Nod waiting down in GA. Nod, what up, man? Yo. What up, man? Uh, shout out Jimmy to was right, right? Wise, it was man. Maynard Jackson, right? Yeah, the great Maynard Jackson, man. Uh, that man went in there back when it was like redneck uh, board meetings. Like when you walked into the rooms of power yep. as a black dude, like it was fierce in there, like tense in the air. And that man Maynard with a <laughs> slow southern draw hit him with, yeah, we're going to need some of those contract, like hit him hard, bro. <laughs> Yeah. And, and Maynard, back, Maynard uh, is Aaron. the reason. The Maynard is the reason Atlanta looks like it does now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, sadly, that group of black folks became the black neoliberal class that produced Kasim Reed and whatnot. And now Atlanta is one of the cities with the highest inequality in the country. So that goes a whole nother so you way. Messed it up. All skin folks <laughs> yeah. ain't kin folks. Yeah. That's um, a- that's a deeper that's a deeper conversation, man. But I but so I get right, 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 right. right. your point. Maker is already better alumni than the team read. Hey, <laughs> he ain't even hey, man. <laughs> so hey, sometimes you gotta punch him in the chest, man, because also you got uh Herman Cain as an alum. So there you go. Um oh, yeah. he got some. <laughs> oh, Herman Cain went to Howard? Oh no, Morehouse. My no, 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 no. Herman Cain Morehouse guy. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's a Morehouse guy. My bad. Okay. My bad. Yeah, Morehouse for throwing man. that shot at y'all. Y'all, yeah, I was, y'all I didn't deserve no, it. No, I, I wasn't agreeing with that. I was just saying we definitely got something, though. <laughs> we, we got them. Yeah. <laughs> <Hey>, right. <laughs> but, but, yo, this is, is going to be a dope thing, though, man, like to see a five-star recruit in a place like this. It's going to be standing room only, like looking like old school as far as the state, the, the gym unless they move it to other venues for big games. And, yeah, they're going to get TV there and all that. But I, I think people are thinking that this is going to be a new process when it's a one-off. Like, you're rarely going to see five-star guys like this decide to make that choice. I think what we'll see is more three-star guys make this kind of choice where they say, why am I going to go and fight for minutes at Carolina or Duke or somewhere where I can go down here and really just do my thing? So I think more three-star guys are going to go. 
But ultimately, HBCUs are academic institutions. They are not about to change their whole curriculum and their whole process to become a football and basketball property uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> factory. So, so that part's not going to change. And I promise you right now, I hope the boy maker is really solid as far as, you know, <laughs> his, uh, his uh, educational background and, 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 you know, having his stuff together. Because I'm going to tell you right now, HBCU professor who looks at you as superstar who's on campus, yeah, he ain't care. no slack. Bro, you, See, you gotta, I, I don't know. I don't know if you saw um because we did like a, a YouTube video about it earlier in the week and we we talked about that too. I was like, you know, that's one of the questions that we have. Like, because HBCUs, not about that that life of pushing athletes along because like you said, because you're the star athlete, so you got to come there ready to work. Because I don't know if they're going to be willing to sacrifice their reputation as you know great academic institutions to become what they might have to become if 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 it is an exodus of five-star well, and, and athletes. Dev, I'll go you one further. Not only their reputation, their existence. Because mm-hmm. if they start competing with the big boys and playing the big boy game, that means they're going to get called on NCAA violations. That means a local politician can make hay by saying, why are we giving all this federal aid to the age? You see what I'm saying? Like, it becomes mm-hmm. a whole different thing when those type of people with power come after you because you'd be basically taken from the other side. What's, what's that old mobsters movie? The more we're making, the more we're taking from the take. And mm-hmm. yeah, and they're going to come with the heat for that. So I, I think it's going to be good for HBCUs as far as like three stars and stuff like that. But I think guys like him, I think that's a one-off. And, and, and look, he has a good game, national story. He has a bad game, national story. So the profile is mm-hmm. going to be raised either way. And like y'all said, the money is going to go. The money ain't going to go to no new gym and new basketball facilities. Oh, no, 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 no. That that money is going to the actual school, and it's going to affect actual students. So it's going to be yeah, beautiful. That's man. what I'm saying. Like, the, you know, if, 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 if they did get a windfall of money, I thought they just going to send them down to the Capital One Center. They ain't building nothing on campus. <laughs> They're going to send them down with a Wizards play, get on that schedule, pay right. them a few dollars to use that. But – yeah, I mean, first of all, at, at that particular school, like campus is not even big enough for anything bigger than what they have now. But right, uh, we'll, yeah, we'll right, that. <laughs> right. But it's gonna be dope for some of the smaller games, though. <clears throat> like, man, on campus with all that going on, dude. And think about that life, BMOC on that campus with that profile, <laughs> dude. <laughs> man, that's gonna be fun, bro. Yes, sir. <laughs> Listen, man, it's, it's, nothing, it's nothing like an HBCU. It's, it's nothing that. like an HBCU life. And, <laughs> and man, I can't imagine being a five-star athlete on the HBCU campus. I probably would have multiple children and a, a couple STDs right now if I was a five-star basketball player. <laughs> he, he's he's yeah, gonna be on that. everybody's IG. The party don't start till he get there. Like, dude, it's going to be levels to it. Like, that's a different type of celebrity and a different type of protection he's going to get from people around there, too, because he's a big, big, big dude. He can't go anywhere. You know what I mean? Like, anywhere he goes and does anything, that's, you know, that's public. But no, he's not going to have them walk problems. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Facts. Um, 
the baddest with her with her daddy Lexus or whatever. He's pushing it like it's day one. There's no question. What do you think about um, the the Mahomes contract? Yeah, yeah, y'all got into the to all the good stuff on it. The, the only thing I would add is uh, Pat Mahomes. This is kind of this is a micro this is a micro Scottie Pippen story. He decided to trade long term security for the risky part of making more money. The issue is the check is so big, it's like, man, that security is nasty. But when you think about 10 years, you're like, yo, we on iPhone 11 now, right? In 10 years, what kind of phones are we going to have? In 10 years, what does TV look like? It's like 10 years is a long time for advancement. And then as far as money, so $50 million sounds crazy as far as uh, a cap number right now. But if Dak is, is bet, you know, Bantering about thirty something right now in ten years, fifty is probably a discount. So Pat Mahomes kind of he made a deal with them that was kind of good for both sides. He got his long term security. Kansas City got a number that they felt comfortable with. You know what I mean? So it, it was yeah. a win win. But he could have got more if he was greedy enough. But, but this is what it is. <laughs> Yo, and shout out to. Uh... What's the old head name, Jim? His agent that we didn't know was still repping client Lee Steinberg. Oh, Lee, Steinberg. Lee Steinberg. Yeah, I didn't know he was still repping big name clients like that. We had Lee Steinberg on the show maybe six, seven years ago. And when we had him on the show, he was like three years sober. So his career wasn't what it was, you know, when they made Jerry Maguire in his image. Now he back to like <laughs> show me the money. Like, I'm like, damn, we got right. to back. He probably going, he going big boy us now. Like, who? <laughs> like, who are you? He said, <laughs> right. He said, what's five percent of that deal? What's the square root of this apartment? Like, yeah, he went stupid <laughs> with it. His check damn. is nasty. So yeah, he got that man. So I'm gonna reach out to him. And now right now, Dak better pressure Jerry some more. Like, boy, look. Either you're going to play two franchises and get picked up somewhere else, or Jerry's going to have to cut the check, do something long-term. You know Jerry what I mean? Played himself now. He played himself by not giving him the deal when he was trying to get it. Because now, you know what I mean, the, the price of tea just went up, homie. <laughs> I want more than what, what people thought was ridiculous three months ago. I want right. more than that. Right. Uh, and, and, to, and to speak on Deshaun and, and, and uh, Steve Jack, man, it's this simple, man. You can't be out here reading books that don't have footnotes or books that don't have uh, reputable <laughs> authors, man. Like, they will put you in a bad spot every time, bro. Like, people who are educated by memes and YouTube videos, them people are in a world of hurt when they get out in the real right. world and tell people what they think. Because you're like, what? Who told you that, bro? Like, no. He straight highlighted That's the joke. That's not what like happened.
Yeah, all right. I said one. He said one semester, man. They put him in a basket weaving class. <laughs> like, come on, man. Yeah, that's probably yeah. That whole class right He said he had a class on basket weaving. This is an all athlete class. <laughs> they had some chicks from the volleyball team in there. Like, come on, man. Basket weaving. It's so dirty, man. It's yeah. so dirty. And now we're watching all these colleges have to shut down their programs because guess what? Football and basketball pay for everything else. Your squash team, your swim team, golf, baseball, tips, all of it paid for on the backs of the uh, black players in football and basketball. And now with this yep. COVID thing going on, <laughs> you got to shut these programs down. And I don't mean to laugh like, you know, like it's funny. It's just everything is out in the open now. Like there's no way to hide it. Right, right. Yeah, this COVID has exposed a lot of societal ills, <laughs> even in the yes, education. <clears throat> All right, man. Thanks for your call as usual, man. All right, man. Uh, and, and again, right, $20 on, on on the bubble ending within three weeks. I'm, I'm <laughs> back right now. They ain't making it past three weeks. So, but, so, yeah, so the over-under over is three weeks? Three weeks. I'm going three weeks. Also, right. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, y'all. I got to say this. Man, Joe Johnson uh-huh. should be publicly shamed out here stealing all the semi pros money playing in that TBT league. Oh, the TBT. Joe Johnson. I haven't even. I haven't even two hundred mil <laughs> as a player, and he out here playing in that million dollar Make a Wish tournament. Like, bruh, <laughs> Joseph. Yeah, yeah. Joe, so Joe has. Joe Johnson don't know how to stop, man. Yeah. <laughs> Y'all be good though, man. He, he just he just don't know how to stop. You too. Right. Joe Johnson got the love for the game, man. <laughs> he got the love. That's the thing. Like if his team wins, like, come on, Joe, you're not gonna ask for a split of that, are you? <laughs> like, come on, you just wanna play, right? Come on, Joseph. Joe I'm like, no, I want my I want my share. All right, so real quick, uh quote of the week. Well, one last thing in the NFL. Um, Amazon is the latest to put the vice grips on the Washington professional football franchise. Um, They have removed all Washington merchandise from its online store. Um, First, it was uh, first it was Nike. Then it was Target and Walmart. Now it's Amazon. And of course, FedEx, um, who has the name and rights of their stadium, put the put the grips on them last week, too. Um, at this point, Daniel Snyder, uh, he's basically in a no-win situation as far as he's concerned because, I, you know, I, I think y'all might agree. I'm one of the people that thinks that rebranding the team might be a financial windfall for him because no matter what, yeah, the people are going to be mad because they grew up on a certain thing, but these fans are still loyal fans. I, I can't see people turning their back on them just because they changed the name. Well, at least not all of the demographics <laughs> in the Washington metropolitan area. But, um, yeah, it, 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 he, he's come to a point. He's still trying to hold on. As, as little as three days ago, he was like, oh, well, you know, we still want to keep the same colors, which I think is okay. But he was like, also, I, I just want to keep something that is a tribute to Native American heritage and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, dude, just give it up. Just give it up because nobody's looking at what you're doing now as a tribute, except for the Native Americans that you greased, you know, their pockets for them for those polls that people still running around quoting. But I, I don't know, man. I don't. He's because if you do that, 
you might be right back in this position two years from now, five years from now, or somebody like, ah, I still don't like it. And then you're going to have to do the whole thing all over again. So what do y'all think? He going to change it? Does he have a choice now? I think he, I don't think he has no choice at this point, but if I'm him, like, like I mean, it's not a team, dude. Cause I, I also read that some of his, um, his trying other to investors are trying to get out. They don't want to do business with him. Right. But I think before yeah, they, they got out, they, they yeah. tried to cop his share. He said no. So then he said, then I don't want to be around. So they tried to get him up out of there. Um, yeah. Nothing, you know, nothing substantial or nothing that anybody can prove. But Bezos' name is starting to, be, starting to get thrown around in, in the mix for some reason. Like, yeah, he can – he might end up owning the team since, you know, he's coming to the area with uh, – uh, I want to say factories, but they don't have factories, warehouses and headquarters and all that kind of stuff. They think Bezos might end up, you know, making an offer that the dude can't refuse. But I don't know. Nobody's substantiated any of these claims. Somebody could have just made it up and just threw it out there. And you know how that goes. Um, but this takes us to our quote of the week. Jeff, Jeff, I was going to say Jeff Bezos' name gets thrown. When anything for sale, his name comes up. They'd be like, yeah, mm-hmm. Bezos going to buy that. Bezos don't even be thinking about half the issues. His name gets thrown up. <laughs> He's going to buy it anyway. So the quote of the week comes from the president, Donald Trump, Donald J. He said, they named teams out of strength, not weakness. But now the Washington Redskins and Cleveland Indians, two fabled sports franchises, look like they're going to be changing their names in order to be politically correct. Indians like Elizabeth Warren must be very angry right now. Yo, why is your man so divisive? <laughs> you know, he he just doesn't care. He speaks on everything. He's always on the wrong side of everything he speaks on. He always got to take a shot and cook somebody that probably has nothing to do with the situation um, just so he can get that off. But I'll, I'll tell you this. All throughout my life, I've always said, yo, presidents don't be keeping it real. Like, we need a dude in there one day that's just going to speak his mind. It's like, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> because the dude speaks his mind is just, ah, his mind is a little different. Like, it's not all that you ask for, but it, it's something different coming out of this dude's mind. And it's always something that divides the country and of course we're always on the the wrong side of that divide but damn if this dude don't keep it real it's crazy yeah he yo he he be drawn yo but at the end of the day man like i ain't gonna lie from an entertainment standpoint i don't know if i've ever had because it's almost like we already know he's willing to say anything but we're still like amazed because of his position like yo you're the president so even though we know that you're you're out of it, you'll say anything. We're still like, yo, did you see what this boy said? And he goes on <laughs> tangents too, where he just like comes out of nowhere and just starts cooking people. I'm like, right. that's what regular tweeters do. Like the president ain't supposed to be like a regular tweeter. Right, and and the, yeah, because a lot of times you're like, yo, like the president's tweet's supposed to be vetted. Like people are not supposed to let him just speak off the cuff, especially him because you know he's really not that bright. So a lot of the things that he tweets about, like he'd be dead wrong about it, but he just talks because he can. 
And then if anybody has a problem with it, he'll just muscle them for something and they'll change their mind. Like he's really running this joint. Like, like he's the King and, and instead of a president. And it's, it's, like you said, it's entertaining to see. It's dangerous as all hell, but damn, Paul <laughs> be full crazy with it. So our um our stat of the week, man, uh, that comes from our our COVID count in sports. So there are now 66 positive tests in Major League Baseball, and over 10% of eligible NBA players um, will probably not be in the bubble. For the restart now, eight eight point two percent of that ten percent are people that have tested positive uh, for COVID nineteen. The other two plus percent are people who aren't playing for some other reasons, maybe injury. You got a few people who are saying like, I don't think we should be playing because of the movement that's going on right now. The Avery Bradleys of the world. So, you know, they're up to a good 10% um, that's not going to be in this bubble. Um, And mind you, everybody flew down to the bubble today. So if you were on social media today, you probably saw a lot of NBA players showing, you know, themselves, kissing their families goodbye, and Joel Embiid getting out of the the truck about to board the plane with a a whole hazmat suit on. Um, (laughs) It's, it's, it's looking crazy, man, but I, I think Nas has a point, man. Um, I don't know how long they're going to be able to sustain everything before everything goes haywire down there. First of all, they're in Florida, Jim. That, that's that's the first thing. Um, second of all, even though they're going to be locked away in a certain portion of the Disney property, I heard Disney World is opening back up this week or next week or sometime soon, if not now. It's just those people aren't going to co-mingle, but it's just going to be a ton of people there. It, it just seems like it's a disaster waiting to happen. But um, when they tip off, where are you going to be? <laughs> My popcorn going to be ready. I'll be right on the couch. <laughs> right on the couch, lady. <laughs> <laughs> you you and me on the couch like, yo, these dudes stupid. Oh, nice play. Or as, you know, as, as boy says on Insecure, I'll be right on my bouch. <laughs> right on, <laughs> right, right on your bouch. Right on, right, <laughs> right on the bouch, <laughs> right on the bouch. Eating bacon, watching the National Basketball Association. Like, yo, the bubble league <clears throat> is history in the making. Yo, where were you when the bubble league started? <laughs> the bubble league. <laughs> All right, man. So let's uh, talk about why, what happened while y'all were on the grind before we get out of here. But uh, before we do that, just want to let you know, if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, got a digital extreme tech hotline at 323-410-0012. Press 1 when prompted. But if you're already listening from your phone, just press 1 if you want to talk. You can also join us in the By the Hood chat room because Neil is in there holding it down by herself. I think uh, uh, Skyview is somewhere else, like Facebook Messenger dictating messages to her so he can get his stuff Said on the air, so shout out to you, Neil, for holding that down. But if you guys want to join us in the By the Hood chat room, brought to you, of course, by By the Hood University, if you guys have always wanted to learn about the stock market and how to make your money work for you but haven't been able to do so, it's not your fault. We know that. This is information that you weren't taught in school, and the information is imperative if you want to create wealth and leave a legacy. Warroom Sports has partnered with By the Hood University to help you get started on your journey 
of learning to invest in possible financial freedom. Go to our website at warroomsports.com. Click on the By the Hood logo, which is at the bottom of our homepage, or you can click on the Sponsors and Partners page and find it there. Either one will get you started. Use the promo code WRS, all caps, and receive 15% off of everything on the By the Hood site. It's not too late to secure your financial legacy, so do it now. Jim, what happened this week while everybody was on the ground? I think we might have talked about a few of these things already, but. What up? Yeah, pretty much. Why You On The Grind is brought to you by Sports The Book. The bottom line is the best sports book ever written. If you don't agree, your mom. You can go to Sports The Book to get it or buy it our hub, warroomsports.com. Yo, Josh Gordon is in the news because his Super Bowl ring is up for auction. Any of you guys going to uh, put a bid on Josh Gordon's Super Bowl ring? Um, Let's see where the bidding starts. Like, nah, not really. Like. What is Josh Gordon's ring really worth? Because, I mean, besides the the worth of the actual ring and the diamond, Josh Gordon wasn't even, like, he was suspended Yo. indefinitely when they won that, and they just gave him a ring out of the kindness of their hearts. So it's not like, you know what I'm saying, Tom Brady strapped for, for cash and he auctioned his ring. That's worth more than the metal and the stones because of what he means to that franchise. The dude didn't even play. <laughs> I mean, the, the crazy like part about that for me is <laughs> I always wondered, right, when people when um when people do this, like what is what is the value in owning someone else's Super Bowl ring? That always bothered me. Because I just don't understand it. Like, Especially like said, the, value, the value the value <laughs> of the actual the value of the actual like, you know, um metals and the precious metals and diamonds and things. But do I have value in owning another grown man's accomplishment? Like I don't get that. <laughs> But you know what people place value on, man. Like if it, if it's certain people, they're gonna place value on it. Like you buy like, Tom Brady's ring. I don't know. I don't know what what they do with that. But some some people's rings, if they find out you own it, cat's gonna be trying breaking your house. I don't really think whoever buys it is gonna have that issue. <laughs> because you really might be auctioning it off for the price that the Patriots paid for it. Um, I don't know. You know this guy, hell of a hell of a player. Yeah, kind of weird. But as many times as he's violated the league substance abuse policy, like this, definitely reeks of a move where he's just a little bit strapped for cash and he's trying to off anything that's valuable to him. Like we've seen people do this before on some unselfish, you know, type stuff. Not many because this stuff means a lot to these people, but. Yeah, Josh. I have you know. I don't see. I haven't seen him getting too many checks in the past few years. So you gotta do what he gotta do. Yeah, man. Um, back oh, back on COVID God. news, man. The Ivy League. Back on COVID news, the Ivy League was like, yo, FOH. They scrapped all the 2020 sports. Like, don't even don't even talk to them. Um, yeah, they they yo, said the Harvard Street moved their sports. classes online. Damn. All the fall sports are done, and they're, they said, you know, in a couple of months, they're going to take a look to see if the spring drones are even viable or feasible at the moment. Did you hear about the Big Ten? The Big Ten decided that they're just going to play um, conference schedules. They're going to play – the football team is going to play like a 10-game conference schedule. Um, for me, I'm like, if you're going to do that, like, what's the point, period? Because their claim is they're going to cut down on some of the longer trips, but – 
Can you not get COVID on a short trip? <laughs> I got I, like some Yo, of the stuff that crazy. The crazy part is that that right there show you how how amazing um Harvard Harvard and all the Ivy League endowment their endowments are so crazy they can just say yo forget sports all together. Some of these other schools can't do that. Yeah, like come on. They don't even the Ivy don't even give scholarships. Not athletic, you know. They yeah. find a way to throw you some yeah. financial aid, but they don't even give athletic scholarships. That's crazy. Yeah, man. So I, I think that's interesting right there. Like like yo, we don't even need sports, dog. Like we gonna we gonna, you know, sit here yeah. and get it done regardless. I think the only thing I'm gonna miss the Olympics is supposed to be starting up like the, the next couple of weeks. I'm gonna miss that. I love the Olympics. Yeah. I know I know and I know that's being like trapped in the house would have been the greatest the time is, though, for the Olympics, but that would have been man. Problem is though, where was the Olympics at this year? Never mind. Yeah, but even at this point, I'm gonna leave that one. America, America would be the only country banned from the joints if they were gonna have it. <laughs> We'd be the ones. Yo, like, can't come. <laughs> we kind of talked about this, but the, we kind of talked about this, but the Sean Jackson was forced to bend the knee after, um, you know, making some uh, what he thought were quotes from Hitler about the Jewish community. Stephen Jackson also bent the knee because he came to defend the Sean Jackson, and they both were forced to bend the knee. So, how I mean, you, that was a big come, story in sports. Yo, your man. How you, how you come in blazing in his defense, and then they still make you submit? <laughs> yeah, the might, you might, them, them phone calls. The phone calls got right. The phone calls came <laughs> in. That's what it was. Yo, Yo, the crazy, the crazy part about this man, like this whole story was, like we, we, we saw, like we knew exactly what was going to happen. As soon as he started, like you know, as soon as he was training, and we saw what he was training for, we all predict, like pretty much wrote out what would happen. Right. It's so predictable. And yeah, I understand so, what Sean was trying to say. He's a terrible communicator. But why was Joe Banner going so hard though? Joe Banner got something personal against the dude. You know, he was around when Deshaun was drafted. So he, he probably had a lot to do with that. So they probably went through some things because he was like leading the charge to make sure that the next morning every TV and radio show was going to cook Deshaun Jackson. Like, because he was running around, he he wasn't seeing enough negative stuff about Deshaun Jackson on social media. So he stirred it up, stirred the pot, and made sure, you know, he handed out some, some walks. So everybody <laughs> could take turns cooking the show the next morning. I, I even being in the house, you know, every day, I still don't watch those shows. I just watch social media. So from from what I saw on social media, it seems like everybody was taking their turns cooking him. And I don't know if that would have happened if not for Joe Banner making it bigger than it was at the time. Yeah, whatever. Sean Jackson apologized, and then <laughs> Stephen Jackson, who you really don't see Stephen Jackson bend the knee to many people um, out in these streets. Uh, he didn't want none of that smoke either. He was basically saying, um, he basically said, you know, I, I said some things the wrong way. Um, and somebody said it here earlier, like Stephen Jackson jumped on, and he was basically speaking out of emotion, which he usually does. So, he never really says things <laughs> the right way, but I never saw him back down like this. So, oh well, <laughs> oh well. 
All right, what else happened out there? Damn, my fault. I, I was muted. I was saying, what do you guys think about Bubba Wallace and this new endorsement deal? Like, I didn't even know who Bubba Wallace was until a couple months ago, but my man just got a nice endorsement deal with uh, B. Scott Dre. Um, yeah, pretty um, much. Yeah, I didn't know who the boy was, but now. Yeah, he, you know, he, he the man now. Um, got Like you said, got himself a nice little endorsement deal, but it came on the heels. I'm pretty sure they had it done already, and they actually tweeted something to say that they weren't going to announce this yet, but you know, uh, Trump cooked them in his morning tweets. Donald Trump, if you guys aren't on social media, if you aren't on Twitter, he probably wakes up in the morning and probably throws out about four to six tweets every morning, probably while he's drinking his coffee, eating his cereal or eating an egg McMuffin from McDonald's or whatever he's doing. And most of those four to six tweets are just individually cooking somebody or something. He's always talking trash. That's why when we were talking about it earlier, Jim, like, this is the president. It's just so amazing. Everything he says online, he's talking trash. So he, that morning, he said, has Bubba Wallace apologized to all those great NASCAR drivers and officials who came to his aid, stood by his side, and were willing to sacrifice everything for him? only to find out that the whole thing was another hoax. That and the flag decision has caused lowest ratings ever. This is one of those examples, Jim, when I'm telling you, like, he's talking, but he's, like, dead wrong, but it doesn't matter because he just believes everything he says. Like, this wasn't found to be some hoax that Bubba Wallace, like, he's treating Bubba Wallace like he's Jesse Smollett, and he's done that since moment one of this whole thing. Bubba Wallace doesn't need to apologize to anybody. Bubba Wallace didn't do anything. When it was brought to his attention and people started giving him attention, all he did was speak out and fight for what's right, which is something that he ought to do even if there wasn't a noose found on his garage. So this isn't a Jesse Smollett type situation, but this dude is going to keep pressing it. People who follow him are going to keep pressing it as well because whether they're right or wrong, if he says it, they're going to jump on it, and you can't tell people nothing at that point. What does he have to apologize yeah. for? <laughs> I have no idea, so, yo. Just real quick, I just so, saw I just saw some information that came across our uh, our group right. chat. The ACC is talking about doing the same thing as the Big Ten, so I guess that's going to be the new wave in college. We're just going to play <laughs> conference schedules. The so ACC, that's like the new wave in college. The ACC spreads all of, all up the eastern seaboard, so that's that's a little. That don't make much sense either, but whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Later also, on in the also, day. Also, just some other. Mm-hmm. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just going to read with the, the announcement by Beats by Dre. He said, we weren't going to announce this till later this week, but hate cannot win the day. They were talking about Donald. No one should ever be asked to apologize for standing up for what's right. We are proud to welcome at Bubba Wallace to the Beats by Dre family. So you, you think he's going to bang country music while he's driving there? <laughs> on his beat. <laughs> Yo. Also in some other breaking news, just wanna bring this up real quick before uh before Dev tells us what happened on his day in sports history, is that um there are some new evidence out um that says that Zion Williamson's stepfather got mysteriously got four hundred thousand dollars before he committed the beat. Coach K reputation by the beat dust. Man, you know you know what they're going to do. Coach Cage is going to deny any knowledge of it. Was it me? 
I yep. had nothing to do with it. And yep. Talk to the booth. One of his assistants is gonna have to like they gonna somebody gonna take one for the team. Yeah, 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 yeah. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, so that's what's up. That's what happened this week while y'all were on the grind. Before we get out of here, we're just going to let you know what happened. This date in sports history brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence, top quality, results-driven websites, and incredibly affordable prices, and yes, Financing options are available. Visit digitalextremetech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them that War Room Sports sent you. All right. This date in sports history, July 9th, 1932, the Washington Dreadskins, then the Buffalo Braves, were formed on this date. That's ironic that, you know, we come across that. Because all of that that they formed back then, George Preston Marshall, all of that is about to get destroyed. Daniel Snyder, at this point, just bend the knee. Because, like I said, the financial windfall of a whole brand change is going to be a good thing for him. You might even get some of the fans back who you know got to a point where they were fed up with it. Case, Maybe they'll come back. Huh? That would have been the case, though. That would have been the case. I just want to see how much pride he actually has because I'm surprised that, he, like, you know, at this point with the researching names now, like, this boy is, is really, like, on some on some stubborn type stuff. Yeah, yeah. He is. He is. But, but you know. This, what, what I Again, we, and we talk about this a lot on the show. We talk about people being on the wrong side of history. And I don't understand, like, yo, I'm not a rocket scientist. I'm not smart. But how do how do people not see – how things play out, you know what I mean? Shout out to Lady A. But I don't understand how you can see, how you can not see that you're going to be on the wrong side of history. Right. And if y'all don't know what Jimmy's talking about, man, look up that Lady A situation. It is so ridiculous. Um, yeah, but but Daniel Snyder, it's a, like, and, and he can still be on the right side of the history because history gets rewritten the, the longer, you know, the farther away you get from something. Like, you just go ahead and do that now. One day in some book or in some article, somebody's going to say, Daniel Snyder changed the name of this team because he was against uh, um, racism and all of that kind of stuff. And they're going to try to culture the, the real narrative, you know, the real facts that you fought against this for so long. That could possibly disappear. Or it's going to go the other way, Dad. Or it's going to go the other way. Could. It definitely could. It definitely could. Um, it probably it should. Work. History ain't work Forever. out for George Preston Marshall. I about to say, it actually probably should go the other way. You know, if people keep history, if they preserve history the way that it's supposed to be told, and, and I mean, you know we as a people know this firsthand, that, and that's why I said that, you know, history gets cooked because half the stuff we went through in this country you can't even find in the history book now. And when they do try to address it, they try to make it like it was some nice stuff. Like I read something from a middle school textbook about slavery the other day that like dropped my jaw to the floor. Like, yo, they really tried to make it sound nice. <laughs> they really tried to make it sound nice. So it's a possibility 
if we're still living in the same kind of world that we're living in, that they might try to nice it up for this dude down the line. So just go ahead and bend the knee no, I and, saw, and look for that possibility. <laughs> I saw a history book that called it forced immigration. <laughs> forced immigration. Yo, I forgot what this one said. Uh, I just know I was appalled. What did they say? I know they didn't yeah, use man. the word employee. They came, they came close to using the word employee. It was it was something crazy. But um, that's what happened. Uh, this date in sports history back in 1932. So after 87, almost 88 years, all of that might change. So we'll see how it goes. All right, man. Let's get the hell up out of here. All right. Thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room, all the social media sites. We appreciate the love. All the calls we called and got through. Salute to y'all. Those we can get to, we apologize. Tune in next week, live right here on demand as we catch you up on everything in the world of sports, whatever that is. So until then, enjoy your weekend and start of next week. Please stay safe. Try to do something to make history, and we'll see you right back here next time. Catch all of our conversations and everything we do, all of our content, blogs, webcasts, anything that we do could be found at the hub of warroomsports.com. Also, pick up a copy of my book, Sports to Book, at sportstobook.com or back at that hub of warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity. Be steadfast in the war against ignorance, and we'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.